Hello, Motown Philly family. You all need to know that this podcast is sponsored by The Speaker's Mechanic. The Speaker's Mechanic is a business enterprise of my co-host, Jason Hall, who is a communication skills coach, and he's also a published author of a book called A Vocal Owner's Manual. He works with professionals who are looking to improve their communication skills, and I guarantee you that if you work with him, he will improve yours. Check out his book on Amazon. Again, it's called A Vocal Owner's Manual, and you will be certain once you check him out to improve and get better because here at Motown Philly, that's what we're all about. And that's what his brand, The Speaker's Mechanic, is all about. Thanks so much for tuning in and thanks to The Speaker's Mechanic for this sponsorship. Hello and welcome to the Motown Philly podcast. This is your co-host, Tim Golden, and I am here with your other co-host. It's your boy, Jason Hall. What up, though? And we are here today on episode 32 of the Motown Philly podcast. Jason, we like to talk about how grateful we are. Why don't you just take a take a few seconds there and tell people how much we appreciate their participation in the motown philly podcast family listen guys we really enjoy you guys tuning in to us each and every week listening to all these great and grand topics we love the feedback that you give to us continue to give us more feedback we're really trying to grow our community let's get chatting continually in the facebook group leave us reviews we are just grateful i mean we're thankful and um we just want to want to want us to continue to grow but we appreciate y'all let's keep let's keep the love flowing yes indeed let's keep the love flowing and thank you all for having us be a part of your lives well today on the motown philly podcast folks we are talking about art and communication art and communication here on episode 32 of the motown philly podcast we are going to have some conversation today about what we like to talk about more than anything else which is the totality of the human person the way that human beings are created with a wonderful combination of reason and logic on one hand and the emotions and feeling on the other and today jason as we delve into this topic of art and communication i want to talk a little bit about human nature and then i want to get some of your thoughts on it human beings are as we just said a moment ago a synthesis we're not just one thing. We're not just entirely rational and we're not entirely emotional. We are a combination of reason and the emotions. And that's part of what makes human life and human experience so complicated is that reason on one hand would love for things to happen in a linear sequential manner but the emotions don't always do that last week we talked about how 
the emotions swell upon us in death and we use that metaphor of stubbing your toe to indicate how no matter what your plans are no matter what your logic tells you that when you stub your toe on the edge of the bed you have to literally stop what you're doing and experience that pain you have to try to assuage that pain you have to try to mitigate that pain you have to tend to yourself and i'm interested in what happens when the pain is so severe that we get to a point where we feel like we can't go on anymore so whether we're talking about death and grief and loss as we were last week or maybe we're talking about intense joy and happiness whatever the emotion is there are times when that emotion translates into a creative activity and where the emotions become the basis for a song a painting a sculpture a poem and it seems like when our reason can't figure it out our emotions take over and we get creative and i'm thinking jason about the story of jimmy green who was a sac he's a saxophone player and his little girl was killed his daughter was killed in the sandy hook tragedy in december of 2012 and she was a first grader and his grief was so intense that he who he's a saxophone player he made an album of saxophone music that ended up winning a grammy award mm -hmm. i i think that jimmy green shows us something powerful about art how it comes to us why creativity comes to us when it does in moments of grief or loss or maybe even happiness and joy what are your thoughts on this, Jason, as you think about the power of art and how it affects how we communicate? It's an interesting topic. The road that you are going down, um, I think, can sometimes summons the most creative parts of who we are. And it's a it's a way of coping a lot of times with some type of severe tragedy uh, and it's from that pain and hard like hardship the duress of it and the 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 seeking of trying to relieve yourself or cope with the intensity of of the pain if we can see it as best as possible or see it just right we can tap into what is our most creative side of us. And hence we have art, hence we have expression, hence we have some level of freedom in a space and place where we sometimes feel confined by what is painful. 
and we can see in our world and our culture that for example where something was made to seem like a situation that's a setback or or something that can be ne very negative one can allow themselves to think outside the box in a very creative way and to turn what seems like destitute and, and change that into a type of destiny through through a creative way that no one that no one could have ever imagined talk about imagine using that pain to to imagine something uh, beautiful to imagine something or create something that can revolutionize something so i just i just think that art sets a stage for revolutionary and creative expression that if if allowed to flourish can do really beautiful things and be careful when that thing is coming out of pain there's a lot of motivation and fire that 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 can set the creative spirit alive it certainly seemed to set it alive for jimmy green who essentially just went all the way in with his music and produced this Grammy award winning album. And one of the songs on the album is called the seventh candle or seventh candle or the seventh candle. I, I forget the name of it, but mm -hmm. it's a reference to the, the candle that his little girl would never see on her next birthday because she died at the young age of six. And so it's, it's fascinating to me how our attempts to make sense of that kind of tragedy collapse and lead us into a creative endeavor. When I think about what happened to Jimmy Green, I'm reminded of the biblical narrative mm -hmm. in the book of Genesis. Now, for those of you who are listening out there, whether or not you accept the Bible as the inerrant word of God is really beside the point. Some of you may be staunch Christians. Some of you may not be. Some of you may be members of other faiths. Some of you may even be atheists. It doesn't really matter to us. We're glad you're part of the Motown Philly family. Mm -hmm. But even if you, so I, I say that to say that even if you see the Bible as a sort of source of mythical narrative, you can still take some, take something from it, regardless of what your religious orientation is. Right. Mm -hmm. And when you think about that, you have to think of the first three verses of the Bible, Genesis one, one through three says in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth that's verse one verse two says and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of god moved upon the waters and then verse three says and god said let there be light and there was light now when you think about that setting Again, even if you're looking at this as a myth or a story, you see that the first creative act 
in the Bible occurs under conditions that one might associate with difficult emotional circumstances. Mm-hmm. The earth was without form, void, it was empty, it was unrecognizable. Mm-hmm. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. When you look up those words in Hebrew, they have implications like emptiness, chaos, and terror. Mm-hmm. I, I'd imagine that's probably how Jimmy Green felt mm-hmm. when he got the news about his little girl. Mm-hmm. He probably felt empty. His life, he felt, was plunged into chaos. And he experienced, I'm sure, the terror of a parent's worst nightmare but it's in that context that in the biblical account god speaks and what's interesting is that when you look at the end of verse two it says that the spirit of god moved upon the waters now in the hebrew that word for move means to hover or to stay over something And if you think about this carefully enough, what you see in this story in Genesis is a model for creativity because God does not create anything until his spirit moves, Hmm. until his spirit hovers. Hmm. And spirit, or our word inspiration, Mm-hmm. Right is derived from this word spirit that has a certain divine quality to it. Mm-hmm. Spirit is something that you can't see, but spirit is something that you can feel. Mm-hmm. And it's not until our spirits are moved that we can be creative. So in that biblical narrative, there's this paradigm or this model of creativity that includes inspiration because nothing is created until the spirit moves. The spirit might be moved by sadness, as in the case of Jimmy Green, or the spirit might be moved by happiness. All you have to do is go into the Bible deeper and read the Psalms, right? I mean, You start, you read the Psalms long enough and you begin to think that David suffers from a sort of bipolar disorder, right? Because in one moment, he is, he is in the depths of sadness. And then in another verse or maybe another chapter later, he's screaming and shouting how happy he is from the mountaintops. Mm -hmm. So I think that's fascinating, Jason. What are your thoughts about that? I mean, as I as I try to wrap my head around what we're what we are exploring today in the form of what is creative and how, where it comes from, I I think about like the biblical narrative that talks often about like in our weakness slash darkness, He's made strong. You know what I'm saying? What, yeah, his, his strength is made perfect in weakness. In our in our weakness, yeah. and it's just yeah. like when when you imagine that you you find yourself at the end of the rope. Often, when you're feeling that you have 
you're you're almost lifeless there's there's an ineptness to you and it's in those moments where you can you know by his strength be most powerful be most strong you know be at your strongest and it's just like how does that happen uh there is an inwardness that one has to go to in order to tap into those things uh where you can find this creative genius that comes from a place of pain um there is a level of focus there's a level of introspection there's a, 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 a place of pain or joy or joy thank you thank you thank you um there's a level of focus there's a level of of wanting to share wanting to uh to br- wanting to share and bring bring inspiration if you will like you said to this i i like what you said when you're when we're talking about the spirit hovers and kind of rests over the waters and over a situation of, that needs that needs to be moved in a way that will do more and i think that there's some there's some purity to that thought when when someone has this extreme level of destitute and like you mentioned but this extreme level of joy and wanting to share i just i think it's a it's kind of a beautiful it's beautiful it's 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 almost like life inside out and with if that makes sense it's just like when you think you're listless and have nothing else to give there's still more to give and share that comes from a place where you thought there was nothingness. It's a beautiful, it's just a beautiful concept. Yeah. It it is almost as though Jason, where one part of our human nature ends, where, where reason ends Mm -hmm. when like a Jimmy green, you are confronted with a situation that you cannot explain. A situation in which there is no logic. Now you can explain clinically or medically the cause of death, but you can't explain the cause of death emotionally. You can't explain it. Mm. A gunshot wound will cause death. We all understand that. But what we don't understand is why a six year old girl has died. Mm -hmm. That question of why is a philosophical question that cannot be answered. And so, because our reason exhausts itself, now here's what we often do, Jason we often behave like Job's three friends who when they saw him from afar off, the scripture says, they sat down on the ground with him, they rent their clothes, and they sat there with him for seven days and seven nights and didn't say anything. They just tarried with him. In other words, their their capacity for reason failed and resulted in a poetic silence, right? They couldn't speak. There was no way for them to explain what happened to Job. 
The problem is they opened their mouths and they started talking again. And when they started talking, now the rational part of them is being deployed at a time when only emotion will do. You can't begin to explain to Job. One of his friends even says, I know your kids must have done something wrong. That's why they did. Mm. Now, that is that, that is what happens. That's what happens when you allow the rational side of you to overcome the emotional side of you. It's called a lack of empathy. And there's times when you have to allow your emotions to check your reason and learn to keep your mouth shut for seven days and seven nights. Here's my question. Are we saying and is it is it is it good to make a I believe a logical deduction that creativity essentially stems from the emotion almost purely? And of course, there's reason and logic to it, but it's like it's driven by emotion, creativity in a lot of ways. I think so. I think I think that's reasonable. I think it'd be reasonable to say that. Yeah, that that our our creative impulses come from a moment in which the spirit moves. Hmm. And the spirit moves because some experience that transcends the capacity of reason has activated the divinity, the divine side of us, because I do think there's a certain divinity to the emotions, right? Mm -hmm. You know how somebody can live in your head rent free, mm -hmm. whether you're angry at them or whether you're in love with them, they can be in your head and cross town at their apartment at the same time. Now, reason tells us that you can't train, that no person can be in the same place at the same time. All those years when I practiced criminal defense, the best defense, the most credible defense, if you have good witnesses, is alibi. Why? Because you can't be. Everybody knows you can't physically be in more than one place at the same time. But when the emotions are involved, all of a sudden, space and time are dwarfed by how we feel and so someone can be present in their physical space but they can also be present with us in our mental space emotionally so we have to be we have to understand that the emotions have a certain power and i think what happens is when we are experiencing intense emotion whatever that emotion may be happiness sadness what have you we are activating a side of us that is creative and that is ultimately i think divine let's let's go there you and i have often had similar talks to what we're speaking about now and you gave a statement to me that was that is still that was and still is very powerful and i would like for you in in a lot of ways to kind of share it with our audience it's it's very awe striking statement when you guys hear it um it's centered around creativity and divinity and 
know, Tim, just just tell us about how you, how you see that and like why you believe what that is the way it is. You well, get, I'm get, you get, you know where I'm leading you. I, I I don't know where you're leading me. Okay, you gave a statement. Yeah. Let me give you the statement, and then you can sure. you can develop it. Sure, sure. You you were we were talking about the art form. Like for those of you who do not know, Tim is a thespian. Okay, he does many things, wears many hats in his life. He is a professor, PhD professor, at a university, and. He, as he mentioned earlier, he uh, also is a lawyer practicing criminal defense, and he's also a a speaker. You guys might know that as well. It goes around uh, giving talks of various uh, cultural and religious and the- theological and philosoph- and philosophical term with philosophical terms and, and weight. But he's also an an, an actor. And he's done a lot of theater. And Tim and I were having this conversation long ago. And he said said something that was really powerful. And I get to say it and paraphrasing it. He said um, he has come to a point where he believes uh, in his heart of hearts that the greatest form of like spiritual expression and even worship is is when God's children are expressing themselves created creatively. And that's powerful. That's a powerful statement. Like we are, he's basically, Tim, you basically said that we are at our best Mm. and we are doing like God's work, if you will. Like we, we are doing God's work. We are worshiping him at the highest level when when we are able to be created i mean when we're able and we're working through our creative our creative juices and and we're practicing in our creativity and that to me was a very eye-opening statement because there's so many forms of creative art and expression and it doesn't have religious connotation it's a it's a very individualized uh, act, if you will, and expressed in so many ways. But I believe you said we are most like God. We are practicing in our creative genius. Yes. Yes, Jason. Yes. Uh, now I, I know exactly what you're getting at. And what I will say is that for me personally, my work as a as an academic philosopher and my work as a lawyer are they both depend on rationality mm-hmm. a high level of rationality my work as an actor depends upon inspiration now acting has three different components to it mm-hmm. it has a cognitive component in which the actor has to commit lines to memory. It has a physical component in which an actor, and you know this, Jason, given your line of work as a voice coach, that there's a physicality to speaking. Mm -hmm. And as an actor, you have to not only 
commit lines to memory, I'm now working on a play that I'm performing in in September, where I'll be playing that great African-American playwright August Wilson in the one man show that he wrote about his life titled How I Learned What I Learned. So as an actor, I have to commit a 47 page script to memory. That's my cognitive task. My physical task is to understand that the delivery of my performance is not a sprint, but a marathon. So I have to pace myself physically so that I don't get to the point of exhaustion too early. And the last part of my task as an actor is the emotional part. So you're not just delivering lines. So the, the idea, right, Jason, is that if you came to see me perform, you would not be giving me a compliment if you said I saw Tim acting. The highest compliment you could give to me was, wow, would be something like, wow, what a portrayal of August Wilson. Like, I didn't even see you, Tim. I saw him. And in order to get to that level as an actor, I have to be able to commit something to memory and cognitively and deliver it physically with enough emotion to the point where it doesn't seem at all as though I have committed anything to memory, but instead seems like an organic, spontaneous conversation or organic, spontaneous remarks. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, I have to access emotions in the emotional component of my work as an actor that are conducive to an honest portrayal of what is depicted in the script. So what I have to figure out is what emotions are called for in what part of the script. So if he's telling a story about someone who he remembers fondly, he will likely do certain things. He might crack a smile. He might soften his voice a little bit. And if he's remembering someone who made him angry, I have to think about what that's like and access those emotions. So that's the task of being an actor. And what makes that a divine task, to put it in your words, is that it is up to me to create the character, mm. right? I have to create this character. Now, I'm not playing a fictional character, right? I'm playing a character who existed in real life, but I have to still access enough inspiration to be cre sufficiently creative to make my portrayal believable. And it is that process of accessing the emotions and attaining that level of inspiration that makes me most like God. So I am most like God. I am emulating God the most whenever I am engaged in a creative endeavor. So Jason, check this out. And listeners, check this out. We're just going to take a break for a few minutes so y'all can hear all the wonderful things people are saying about the Motown Philly podcast. We will be right back. 
Hey, y'all, it's time for y'all to know and understand and appreciate what people are out here saying about the Motown Philly podcast. Jay, people are out here talking about us, man. They out That's- here. They out here talking about us and they saying good things. Here's a five star review from Apple Podcasts. The subject is titled, the review is titled, Right on Time. Quote, I am thoroughly enjoying the Motown Philly podcast. Dr. Tim and Jason have great chemistry and their content is what's needed in this space. Love the transparency and the topics. Please give them a listen. You won't be disappointed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to this reviewer, Sir Sharp. Thank you, sir. We love you and we appreciate you. And y'all who are listening to this, I'm telling you, get yourself on Apple Podcasts and write a review. Listen, so, Tim, I have one. I got one. Can I? Can I get? Can I go? Yeah, I got yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. Share right. the love, Jay. Listen, Share listen. Love. so I we we I found another one, and this one this one's good. Refreshing information. Five star review on this particular one by Honey Dip Thirty Four. Jake, you know who that might be? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but listen, this sound real sweet though. I sound real sweet. This is what Honey Dip says. It is awesome to hear men discussing real topics in a mature manner. This is for the grown and the sexy crowd. Good Man. job, Tim and Jason. Man, I'll take that. I'll take that any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Listen, guys, we want you guys to go to Apple's specifically and write a review. If you're listening to this, we're encouraging you to go to Apple and write a review for us. That would be yeah. great. Write a review for us. And for those of you who are listening for the first time, that's just something, a little something to let you know what kind of content we're dishing out here at Motown Philly. Listen, Jason and I are here to stay. We're not going anywhere. This podcast space is a space for us to engage the culture and to leave the world, to help to leave the world in a little bit of a better condition than when we found it. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for your reviews. Thank you for your support. Jay, I love you and I am absolutely in love with our Motown Philly listening family. True. Now back to the podcast. Okay. So we're back here at the Motown Philly podcast. And just before we took the break, I was making the point that we are at our best or we are at our best. Yeah. We are at our best or we are most like God when we are engaged in creative activities because there's something about the emotions there's something about the human spirit that gets creative under difficult circumstances so that's the what we were saying before and i I have something else i want to touch on jason but i'd like to know your thoughts on on what i had to say about that i think it's true like we often i guess what you what i hear you're saying is like when we're able to lose ourselves and embody something else or someone else in a spirit of inspiration moving right being inspired with the spirit to um to to a level of art and expression like it it helps to 
basically bring someone alive when you think about the creator god he like he is you know he is the he is a god is a creator right so that's like that's who he is to his core god is love as well and we often even you know uh, christians can they can often cringe when you say that when you hear the idea that um we we as humans are gods like this is like oh that's a little that's that's a little sacrilege right there buddy you might not be speaking but that's, it says that uh, in the in the bible that that we are gods i can't bring up that verse tim you might know it off offhand but if he if we are made in his image and he and we are in a in the sense little gods we're also of course able to create women quite naturally with the help of men of course they're able to um if you will become impregnated and incubate a child and is their body is very much in the creative mode of creating little humans that help to populate this earth that's god it god it god created us so he allows women to create um be part of um part of this experience of nine month carrying carrying a child and so on and so forth but the point is that um when it comes to the idea of expression uh, taking what is thoughts and emotions and feelings and 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 channeling them in a very specific way to embody a work of art or a person like that is that is spiritual and that is divine and you we help through that inspiration to bring something to life that can live and that can impact that can influence that can that can change someone's trajectory if you will in their life and it's just like we that was created by us because we were um obedient to that thing that was inside of us that allowed us to be driven for that period of time i think about i think about adele like a lot of adele's especially her earlier work came out of a period of like being down you know and being down and out and being done wrong in her relationships she produced like two or three uh, powerhouse albums that came out of inspiration a creative inspiration from pain and um she was obedient to just sitting in that and wanting to to like get out her thoughts and her feelings that maybe other people could relate to and be inspired as well. Yeah, those scriptures, Jason, are John chapter 10, verse 34, and Psalm 82, verse 6, for anyone who wants to look it up. John, ten, John 10, verse 34, and Psalm 82, verse 6. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole about exactly what Jesus was talking about there, but your point is well taken because God is, and here's, this is what I, I hope our listeners will focus on. God is considered the great I am and you and I and all human humanity are little I am's. Mm -hmm. In fact, we struggle in a way that God does not because God's name, 
I am that I am indicates not only a consistent and perpetual state of present being. He's not I was or he's not I will be. He is I am in the present. Mm -hmm. But it also indicates a declaration. And I want to contrast the declaration I am with the question am I mm -hmm. as human beings we are subject to a variety of foibles and imperfections and tragedies that reverse our identity and we move from the declaration I am to the question am I and it's when we are engaged in that questioning a questioning that is often brought on by very difficult and deep emotional circumstances mm -hmm. right a questioning that propels us toward creativity that we seize that opportunity and hopefully don't try to inauthentically and in in an unhealthy way pretend like everything is okay and everything is going to work out when deep inside we're dying right we don't want to deny our emotions but we want to indulge them in a constructive way and i have to say that my discovery of theater and my love for acting surfaced at a time when the declaration I am was transformed into the question, am I? I acted in my first play 10 years ago this year. 10 years ago this year, I acted in my first play. And that experience happened at a time when I was certainly not a little I am. I was a great big am I. Mm -hmm. My entire life was a question. My existence was a question. My mm -hmm. existence was questioned. My being was questioned. I cried out with Hamlet to be or not to be. That is the question, right? To live or to die. I was at the brink of suicide when I discovered theater. Jimmy Green was at the brink of, of just a perpetual sadness when he made his album. Nothing is created until the spirit moves and the spirit moves often in darkness, emptiness, chaos, and terror and that's where i was personally so when i look back over the past decade it's no accident that i turned to something artistic to help me cope with a crisis in my life in which the declaration of my identity was turned into the question mark of my existence. I think that's where we get to talk about that communication portion, that healthy communication portion. 
sometimes along the way of life we lose if we're not if we're not if we're not aware if we're not keeping track or keeping score or keeping tabs of ourselves we can lose ourselves and here's the thing when we talk about communication connection and community this is an this is an act that Tim and I when we when we turn on or hit the record button one of the things the main things that we always want to share with you guys is that raising the level of awareness and making sure we stay connected with who we are and when you when we disconnect from that in a wayward way to be like we're our awareness decreases about who we are our purpose are we healthy am i walking down this path in the right manner am i walking down the right path period when we cease to acknowledge where we are in space i think that question often can flip from being the little i ams into becoming am i questioning ourselves and you hear these modern day tropes of um imposter syndrome and things of that nature um and we question i mean and i think it's human it's part of human nature we i think and on some level we should be questioning what's going on in our current existence in our present i am to know that we're more i am than am i (laughs) and if we lean into the am i it's just getting your bearings of keeping that communication open with yourself and saying what am i what am i doing or that i do on a daily basis is is this healthy behavior or not and i think that helps to center us and and getting into our routine and and sharing gratitude and being connected with with other humans that are doing um great and positive things in this world and connecting with god and and being a part of nature like those things help to ground us center us in what we've learned to be a self-care or even soul care and flipping that am i back into little little i am so we can be our most creative self that's right jason that's a very good succinct way to put it we we are not (laughs) we are not fully human without art the german philosopher friedrich nietzsche said without art life would be a mistake Without art, life would be a mistake. One of his other famous aphorisms is no artist tolerates reality. Wow. And the reason why no artist tolerates reality is because any artist worth his or her salt is going to create a new reality if they don't like the one that exists. This is why we go to the movies, Jason. You know why we go to the movies? We go to the movies to see the literary trope of poetic justice exemplified, where at the end of the movie, the bad guy suffers and the good guy wins. Why? Because it's a creation of a fictional world in which we are able to think 
the harsh realities of life otherwise. How many people do you know in life that seem to be bad people who are thriving? And how many good folks do you see that are struggling? And what Nietzsche means when he says no artist tolerates reality is because when you look into the darkness and chaos Mm -hmm. of everyday life and you see bad people suffering and good people, I'm sorry, bad people prospering and good people suffering. If you're if you're an artist worth your salt, you're not going to tolerate that. Mm-hmm. You're going to, through your creative, imaginative powers, look into the chaos, terror, emptiness, and darkness, and your spirit will be moved because nothing is created until the spirit moves. Mm-hmm. Your spirit will be moved to use your imagination to show us what another world will look like with that injustice corrected and so and so we call it poetic justice Mm -hmm. that's why we go to the movies jason Mm -hmm. that's why we like to read novels and and sit around and and watch binge watch on netflix one of the most powerful lessons that i took out of the pandemic was how the totality of the human person came together. Science told us what we had to do to not get COVID-19. And then we all stayed home. And so we didn't go crazy. What did we do? We indulged art. We watched Netflix at the end of our reason. We binge watched TV shows. We, we looked at movies. We looked at things to help us cope with the stress and the trauma of losing loved ones, losing livelihoods, losing employment. The the three years of loss that ensued in 2020 and that people are still recovering from now Mm -hmm. were mitigated only by the creative sensibilities of human beings. So I think that's such a powerful statement from Nietzsche that no artist tolerates reality. That also gives us an explanation when we when these arts are really inspired, like some of the some of the realities when you think about cinema art, like recently, one of the reasons that Black Panther, the original especially, was was such a hit and resonated with so many people because the world not just america but the world they they know of the plight of black culture and to look at the alternative reality is to put our our not just our brains and our eyes it puts our senses in a space to be like this is beautiful this is is what could be or this is what should be or it just and 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 to behold such a thing is to become inspired you know it's to become inspired and to want to um strive and to achieve and to to show light um in in things that could be uh you love that Yeah, I'm getting inspired just thinking about it. And what's powerful, Jason, I want to go back to something we talked about a few minutes ago, because I was talking about what it's going to take for me 
to essentially become August Wilson on that stage. And I remind myself, and this is the point that I want to make here. It isn't just about creating fictional worlds. It is about creating believable worlds about non-fictional people. So for instance, if you think about Jamie Foxx as Ray Charles, mm -hmm. if you think about Denzel Washington as Malcolm X, if you think about Viola Davis as Ma Rainey, mm -hmm. right? When you think about these great actors that I've just mentioned, they have to do a ton of creative work to develop those masterful portrayals and get to the point where when we look at them on the screen, we didn't really even see Denzel Washington. We saw Malcolm. We didn't really see Ray Charles. I mean, we, we didn't really see Jamie Foxx. Sorry. We saw Ray Charles and we didn't see my rain. We didn't see Viola Davis. We saw my rainy. So I got my work cut out for me. I'm making my I'm making myself nervous. Y'all family. I'm making myself. I'm putting this pressure on myself because I, I, I love acting and I've been doing it for 10 years, but I am no Denzel Washington, Jamie Foxx or Viola Davis. That said, I will put Tim Golden's best effort into this and I will make sure that I'm able to access the emotions that I need so that when I take the stage as August Wilson, my spirit will have been moved and I will be able to open my mouth in the midst of difficult circumstances and like God say, let there be light. Sure. That's the that's the first poem ever written right there is let there be light. Hmm. No, I love that. I love that idea. Um, uh, it's interesting to know and I, for lack of of, of tr true research when it comes to like the artistry of many other art forms i i wonder what inspired uh some of the great painters of of yesteryear and the things that makes their the thing that inspired them that makes their 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 pieces timeless and talked about and priceless you know I, i'm wondering what their background what their story was that created the movement of inspiration you know well you know there's an interesting take on this jason you used the word genius earlier and the german philosopher immanuel kant gives this profound and i think very accurate explanation of what genius is in the creative sense. Mm -hmm. If you asked a mathematician how he or she solved a complex equation, they could tell you. They could take you through step by step and they could show you how they got there. But if you ask Adele how she delivered that song, that masterpiece, 
She can't tell you that. Because true creative genius can't be explained. Because it doesn't come from reason, it comes from spirit. Mm-hmm. True gene, not only can it not be explained, it can't really be duplicated. I mean, sure, we can sell cheap prints of Van Gogh's painting, Starry Night. We can sort of reproduce it in a kind of cheesy way and sell it on Amazon for $29.95 and it might look nice in your hanging on a wall in your house, but you're never going to be able to duplicate the original that Van Gogh painted. No. Because because that's the power of artistic performance. It's almost idolatry, right? To mm-hmm. take an original work of art and try to reduplicate it exactly. This is why when people redo other songs, you know, you have remakes of songs. Some songs can't really be remade, right? Some songs sound better when they're remade, but the question isn't whether it's better or worse than the original. The point is that it's not the original and it never can be. Yeah. We may like it more or less than the original, but you can never duplicate the original. I think what makes the remix jump off is that it carries a similar spirit if you will and it has its own footprint of the new artist that is able to embrace his his or her own creative genius if you will that's was inspired by the original mm-hmm. yeah and, and i mean this this brings up uh, particularly with the proliferation of technology and you know, you have all of these questions about philosophical questions. Hey, I am going to philosophy mode. You have all these philosophical questions about what philosophers call ontology. Is it is it real if it's reduplicated? Right. Do, if the, the further we get away from the original, are we simply just making copies upon copies upon copies? So those are all sort of background questions. But the fact is that Isaac Newton could tell you what gravity is or Gottfried Leibniz could solve a complicated mathematical equation and tell you how he did it or Descartes could do that. But nobody can uh, explain how Adele made that uh, made that song that brought tears to your eyes. Mm. Nobody can explain the pathos of a Negro spiritual, right? You can't, you can't explain that. You can't explain Paul Lawrence Dunbar can't explain to you his, the inspiration. He can't explain to you how he wrote the poem life across the bread in the corner to sleep in a minute to smile and an hour to weep in a pine of joy to a peck of trouble and never a laugh, but the moans come double and that is life. A crust in a corner that love makes precious with a smile to warm and tears to refresh us. And joy seems sweeter when care comes after. And a moan is the finest of foils for laughter. And that is life. That can't, that can't be explained, man. <laughs> you, can, you just have to, you just have to, you just have to let that sit in your spirit. 
right and that's the that's the beauty of art and artistic performance sometimes i think we can be so commercialized that we can just and listen we share songs and we share music and we share maybe visual art through our phones and social media and we we can you know we can share them over and over and over and over again and, and we can derive inspiration from them but just remember that there's something about the nature of creative genius as such that we really can't explain and that we really can't duplicate and the reason we can't explain it and duplicate it is because it's virtually impossible to do two things one to duplicate the experience of the person that led to the inspiration and then two to duplicate the emotional reaction to that experience Mm -hmm. no one can do that that's what makes works of art original and that's what makes works of art such powerful components of our culture yeah art is inspired um that might not seem profound but it i think that's the essence of what it is and and if you're inspired and you're able to capture like you mentioned the pathos let me speak a little closer to the mic Uh, when you're able to when you're inspired and you're able to capture the pathos of the experience that's in that is sitting with you and channel it to inspire not only yourself because i believe some a lot of times art is inspired to be like there's a self-inspiration to like get yourself up or to move yourself from this certain space but it also flows over into other individuals that helps to create something really unique really special and really transformative as well art's beautiful that's why they say art it's hard to judge it like we talked last week about you can't judge someone's um reaction to 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 death and how they respond and we think about we think about we can fast forward or a little bit to chris rock and his his artistic response to to what Will Smith did to him a year ago. And the thing is, he was he was dwelling in what was reality, but he also approached the stage in his creative like forum. And he often mixed reality with with a lot of his creative art or genius to express what he what he felt he needed felt is the operative word he needed to express and it's just like you can judge you can attempt to judge him but can you really judge him for him expressing how he felt and his artistic um venue of 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 how he normally shares his particular art which is his career it's 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 kind of unique in that fact that's right it is jason it is unique in that way and art i just i just keep going back to nietzsche's claim that without art life would be a mistake (laughs) and and we really need to do everything we can to 
embrace art. And I, I, I want to make this point too, that hasn't been made is that there is, and you and I know, we always talk about therapy, Jason, there is a brand of therapy called art therapy. And in the clinical and therapeutic communities, creative endeavors are recognized as unique opportunities for people to grapple with their emotions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it is a beautiful way to, I don't want to say resolve emotional difficulties, but it's a beautiful way to constructively deal with them. Journaling is a sort of art form. It's a writing. It's a writing that's often non-linear. Sometimes it's just a stream of consciousness. I know because I, I journal. I don't journal as consistently as I want to or as I should. But when I do, there's nothing coherent about it. It's just uh, ramblings. It's just random thoughts that come out. And I, that's a, that's an emotional, that's a constructive emotional way to deal with the stress, stresses and pressures of life. And it's a, it's an artistic outlet. So as, as you think about this, those of our, those of you who are listening out there, I don't know if you have, uh, maybe some of you play an instrument or you have uh, creative endeavors in your life like me I'm an actor or and I am actually I told Jason this the other day and I'm just gonna put it out here for the whole family to hear it <laughs> I have a saxophone sitting at home that has been in my in my house for nearly six years and I haven't picked it up and at some point I'm about to get out there and take myself some saxophone lessons because I want to be able to one day play well enough to get a gig at a local uh, dive that serves really good food and I could be on the stage doing a set backing up a lounge singer and really, really emulating my father who was a great jazz musician. So. I'm hoping to, I, my saxophone has a name. Her name is Maxine. B.B. Uh, King named his uh, guitar Lucille. I have named my saxophone Maxine. She's a black alto saxophone with bright gold and white keys. And I need to learn how to breathe into the, my saxophone and bring her to life the way God breathed into Adam's nostrils and he became a living soul. I need to breathe into Maxine and make her become a living soul, right? So I want y'all to hold me to that Motown Philly family. When y'all go into the podcast group and I need y'all to say, hey, Tim, how them saxophone lessons coming along? Cause I gotta, I gotta get on that. I gotta get on that sooner rather than later. Jay, where can they find you, man? Listen, you guys can find me, of course, on Instagram at The Speakers Mechanic. I am a communication skills coach. And you guys, if you need assistance with your professional speaking, 
with your presentation skills, with your communication skills and vocal and voice. Listen, look me up, DM me, get at me. Tim Golden, where can we find you? Y'all can find me on Instagram at a good golden man. You can find me on Twitter at DRTJ Golden ESQ. And you can find me on Facebook at Tim Golden. Three things in life are certain death taxes. And I am the only black man in Walla Walla, Washington named Tim Golden. I guarantee it. Walla Walla, the city so nice. You had to say it twice. Man, episode 32 is in the books. Hey, listen, listen, y'all. Get ready, because when we drop next week's episode, we got another guest. Mm -hmm. And we got a guest coming to talk with us about trauma Mm -hmm. and communication, trauma and connection, and trauma and community. Get ready, folks. This guest is going to elevate the Motown Philly brand to a new level you don't want to miss next week's episode but until then jay i'm thankful man i'm thankful for our family i'm thankful for our motown philly family i'm thankful for the motown philly brand we're not perfect but we all we got and we all we need true 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 Listen, guys, we love you. Thanks for tuning in. Tune in next week. And we out. We out, y'all. Love y'all much. See y'all in the Facebook group.